Welcome to Honest Talk about heartbreak, dating, and relationships. Relationships. The podcast helping you navigate your path to happy ever after with your host, Rob McPhillips. So last week, we were talking about everything that we hate about dating. And tonight, we're going to talk about what would be the ideal start to a relationship. So in breakout rooms, you were talking about what was the best date that you had um, and the best start to a relationship. Is it okay to start from our group? I just maybe, is that okay? Yeah, that's... that's yeah, great. I'm just making sure these are new headphones. Can everyone actually hear me physically? Loud and clear. Yeah, okay. So yeah, small introduction. I'm Ali. I was born in 1984, so I'm 36. I was with uh, talking to, uh, let me get the name correct, Sawin Mella. And basically for me, I'm like third, fourth generation British Asian, like modern guy, uh, lived my whole life in the UK, but getting down to like the whole topic, I think it's all about being platonic. That was my kind of view. Um, I was speaking to Sawin and basically for me, like dating, it really depends who you're attracted to. So I'm 36. I don't mind admitting this. I'm attracted to older women like that are older than me, but maybe like up to probably about 50, I would say. I would date someone who was 50, about 14 years older than me. I don't mind admitting that, but that's just how I feel. I'm like more attracted to older women. That's just how it is. Uh, but for me, I mean, my view is very simple, speaking about dating. Um, I've had platonic friendships, like platonic, like you go to the cinema, you have coffees together, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's gone just to be platonic. It's not gone anywhere, like kind of like anything beyond that. You could say they, that, that, that they were a couple of dates. Like I probably went on a couple of dates with, with those women, but they were around a similar age to me. Um, again, speaking about dating and whatever, I, I think it's just more platonic for me, really. I think it also relates to like who you're attracted to. I mean, like I said some moments ago, I mean, you can't help who you're attracted to at the end of the day. It just is what it is. Uh, but that's it, really, to be honest. Uh, that's really all I've got to say. But I think for me, I'm, I'm more attracted to older women, to be honest. Uh, that's just me. Everybody's different. Um, okay. And that's it. That's what I wanted to say. Thank you. But I want to give okay, the floor to my partner, the... Mel, the other lady who was with me, if she wants to speak. Okay. Um, uh, can I just can I just ask you a question about that? Um, you, well, you said it was platonic. Is it? Yeah. There's less pressure on there? I just, do you know what? To cut a long story short without wishing to sound like Spandau Ballet from 1980, bit of humour there. But I think for me, I just find, I don't, I've been on a friendship-based coffee. I don't know if you call it, oh, I've been on a date. It may have felt like that going to the cinema, but the pressure thing... I don't know if it existed because I don't ever think I've been in a relationship. I don't mind admitting that. I'm just like an open book. That's it. That's what I wanted to say. Okay. Thank you, Ali. Um, anyone else? I'd say the best start to a date I had was when um, I was waiting in a bar. It was kind of empty. And this woman came in and I'd arranged a date with her. Anyway, on my profile photos, these were like, Fresh photos from Cyprus, <laughs> looking like a Malteser. I was just all chocolatey. But then we met up in the winter. And so she came in and she was like, oh, oh, oh. I was like, oh, you're all right? She goes, yeah, I was supposed to be meeting some guy for a date. I was like, oh, no. So would you like a drink? Yeah. So we start chatting and she didn't clock on till later. That was actually me. So the best start to a date was she dumped me for me. Which was awesome. So, but but what about the, uh, the the me that was dumped? Did you not feel a little bit offended? 
Oh, he was crying into his cocoa pops. Yeah, he's got to. Okay. Um, so what what made that date so good? That one. Um, do you? I don't know if I should check. Yeah, I will go on then. Okay. So let, let me I, just check. Is the watershed time? Yeah. <laughs> Just about. Um, I used to do music at this bar, actually, so I knew the owners. So while we were playing pool, they was like, hey, hey, Carlo, Carlo, bring over drinks for us. And I just felt so slick, like pop my collar. And then she flipped it on me. Um, we were in town. She goes, come on, let's go in here. Let's go in here. I was like, no, no. Come on, come on. It'll be fun. I promise. I was like, no. And she dragged me into a strip club. So um, it was kind of awesome. But then later on, I think we got a bit drunk and she actually gave me a dance. And then we got kicked out because you can't do that in there because she wasn't a staff member. Um, so <laughs> that's why that date was so good. But no, it was it really, it was just the connection and the, the laughs that we had and sort of going backwards and forwards. So um, yeah, but I didn't see her again after that, unfortunately. Um, so she's probably on a pole somewhere or something. I I, I, if it's all right, I'm Julian. Um, I'm actually 53, probably older than everybody here. Um, I had a great date. Um, and I think the thing was, was that, um, I met this girl and we went, went for, uh, for lunch. And, uh, I remember we were there for like two and a half hours and it didn't feel like it. And the, the thing was, is that I was able to connect with her as not trying to pretend to be somebody that I'm not trying to sort of, you know, the thing is, is there's a lot of pressure when you're meeting somebody as to try and create that great first impression. And sometimes the true you is a bit of a geek or something like that. And uh, I felt at ease to be able to be me. And we were sort of feeding off of each other. It was that kind of, wow, you're the same as me. Yeah, I think that, you know, sort of thing. And it was that kind of, I don't care how I, I, I that, that kind of, that guard that you sort of put up and you sort of say, this is how I want to portray myself, just goes out the window and I'm just become myself. And being able to be authentic with somebody um, was made it for me a really great date you know it's being able to connect with somebody at that level where you're thinking wow this person's a really great person and they seem to like me yeah i don't mind sharing um mine was um my last partner actually in that we were speaking on a dating site but um we did like each other but it was it felt kind of platonic as such, like just friendly, I guess, at first. Um, we weren't speaking that long. And then it turns out that he'd, he'd come to my city for the day and then messaged just saying, oh, you know, I'm in the city and I'm free. And I was like, sod it, why not? So we met up for a drink. And um, because he got lost in the city, by the time I found him, I was just mopping him and pissing myself at him, basically. And he said that that broke the ice as well. That, that was just taking the piss out of him really upon meeting um and it was just easy really it was kind of a no I don't know yeah it did feel quite authentic and less pressured because it just felt more I mean we did like each other there was a connection but it kind of just felt more friendly at first so we could just be ourselves and no pretenses so yeah it was just easy all right before we move on and the other side of that coin is what was the best relationship you've been in? I, I'd like to share. 
Um, yeah, my um, my best relationship, I think, was the last relationship that I had, and it was the best at the very beginning um, because um, he he was just everything that I uh, wanted, and um, he made me feel that I was everything that he wanted, um, and you know, there was lots of chemistry and it was all wonderful um, until, <laughs> um, until it was the best until it was the worst, if you know what I mean. It kind of went south and actually, um, you know, all the things that he, he was kind of talking about the future and, you know, everything was rosy. And then um, he um, had some insecurities that were not related to me. Um, he was in the military and, you know, re related to that. Um, and, um, you know, it, it all his, all the things that he was kind of promising about my, about our future were, I think just, uh, an, an ideal, his kind of what he wanted, um, and what I wanted, but actually, um, it just, it, it just didn't, um, I, I, do you know the term love bomb? I felt love bombed. I felt like, you know, yeah, let's, you know, let's, you know, get, get married. You know, you can look at schools around this area for the kids and all this kind of talk. Um, and then it changed suddenly and, um, he, um, would, um, just become very distant, um, and I, and I, I don't, I don't, I didn't take it personally. Well, I mean, I did at the time, but, um, you know, it was all about his kind of mental health issues. Um, and he had a lot of stuff to work through. So it, it, at the very beginning, it was the best until it changed and then it was the worst. Yeah. So I don't know if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> it does. It makes perfect sense. And it's yeah. perfectly illustrating uh, um, something we're going to talk about. So thank you for sharing that. It must have been so disappointing, though. Oh, really, really disappointing. But, um, you know, I, I'm glad that I kind of um, escaped um, and, you know, uh, and it, it stopped then and didn't continue into a longer relationship with even more heartbreak. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've healed from that now, so it's all good. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Lorna. Um, anyone else? I'm still waiting to find that one experience. <laughs> Haven't had it yet. <laughs> oh, well, Carl, Carl did say that the uh, private messaging is working now. <laughs> okay. Oh, Carl. What's up, baby? What's going on? <laughs> No, 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 no. You have oh, to kiss fine. a lot of frogs, yes. you know, before you get a prince. And I'm still kissing some frogs, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, man. <laughs> uh, okay. but, but, but seriously, I, um, I look back now at my, my dating profile. And yes, I've been to a lot of dinners. Uh, you know, the usual. I've got a lot of flowers. 
Um, I've had more interest in propositions that are for dates that I have turned down rather than having actually experienced them. That's my problem because the people who come with these interesting um, ideas for dates are people that I, won't, I don't want to be seen with or even be in the company <laughs> for a long time. So, ooh. so you know. That's hilarious. I don't want to date you because I don't want to be seen with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. What am I doing out as... Okay. Uh, I was explaining to Shireen, this um, gentleman who was a minister of government of some place, wanted to take me on a, his private plane to an island, to his villa, um, for, that, that was the date. And if it was somebody that I liked, that would have been fantastic. Can you imagine? That would have been fabulous. Uh, but I would not be called. <clears throat> May his soul rest in peace. Um, yeah, yeah, no. So th that's what I'm talking about. I've had many such wonderful um, invitations, but they are with the wrong people all the time. Yeah, I think it, it was one in particular I remember. I met him in in in, uh, in our flat. We had a communal flat, so lots of people were around, and the new tenants invited always lots of their families, relatives, and then he caught my eye, but I didn't really find him that, that I don't know, anyway. Uh, and then one day, uh, we decided to go to, to the to Sainsbury Park, it was in North London, and um, and we had this most beautiful um, kind of connection. We carried on talking, and the park closed. And and then we had to get over the wall, and I don't know. It was just really, really, really nice. And and then when we we div then we we started a relationship that night, and uh, it was just very very sweet. And we were just like children. We were talking birds' language, like and then and um, and and it was just really really beautiful relationship, very natural, very connected. And I ended up having one child with him as well. So that was really nice. Yeah, I just kind of realised that um, my best relationship was, uh, it was when I was young, actually, and it was someone I was friends with. Um, we developed a really, just a really beautiful friendship. Um, and I've and I realised in, in recent years that that was probably the only person I actually probably truly fell in love with and felt that he was my soulmate. Um, but ironically, we didn't actually have, get a chance, um, as fates would have it, to be able to get into a, like, a romantic relationship together. It was a shame, but um, I think from that I've sort of understood that, for me, friendship, a basis of friendship first, is so incredibly important. I think, and to be able to just be our authentic selves and for them to see all of the sides to you and accept it as is. Okay, thank you for that. Um um, and it's the model of really um, what is a good relationship and it's a way of evaluating and a um, like a model of, of building a, a good relationship. So if I just move this out of the way. Um, okay, so a good relationship, what distinguishes a good relationship from a bad relationship is really... Um, 
this line is really about um, above the line is about freedom below the line is about control so a relationship a good relationship is a relationship where you're free um and a bad relationship is where it becomes controlled um because it's just human that as humans we all want to be free um and we don't like being controlled so someone who shows up with vulnerability with the right kind of partner will create a response of empathy which will develop a connection someone who shows up with integrity with the right kind of partner will, will there'll be a response of trust which will lead to a climate of freedom um, presence um, meaning being really present being curious being respectful and interested in the other person will lead to appreciation which leads to respect um, kindness leads to loyalty leads to honesty um, the opposite is being guarded um, being which will lead to when you feel that you have to guard who you are um, there's this um, feeling of shame um, and that creates disconnection and kind of re related to that if you if you can't show up if you don't feel good about yourself you feel you need to be something that you're not there's gonna you're gonna um, be more deceitful or if you want something that you don't feel that you can get from just being genuine and asking for it and there's deceit which leads to a response of doubt um, and a climate of anxiety and then the opposite of being present and kind is really having contempt and criticism which leads to stonewalling and defensiveness which leads to an atmosphere of hostility and poor communication so I wanted to show that because I think it's worth knowing where we're heading um, and the start of a relationship is going to really define the end of the relationship. So I want to look at, so I did a search earlier of what is like, what, when people search, it's kind of like they'll Google or YouTube. And if you look at the most popular videos, these are the kind of videos, um, eight signs he'll never commit. Six behaviours that scare men off, first eight tips, uh, free traits, all of those kind of feelings that there's something that you have to get right. There's something that if you don't do it right, you're not going to find love. So what we're looking for really in a relationship is a genuine connection between two people. And so when we talked last week, what came up as the worst aspects was people not being themselves, so lies. People being fake, um, playing games, um, what else was there? And people being out for themselves, so like dating being transactional. Um, and I'm, I'm really, um, so Julian talked about really the, the best date was just natural. Um, and I think that, that came out also, Nicole um, and um, Veronique. And it's where you can be yourself. And the best relationship or what makes a, a great relationship is where you can be yourself, be accepted, and the other person can be themselves and be accepted. You, you have to take a risk to do that, though. Mm. Like, because the thing is, is being yourself is, um, talking to one of the points, vulnerable, right? That's a trait that many of us are. We have vulnerabilities. And it's like, you have to take that risk that, 
should I blow it by being myself or do I play Mr. Cool Guy? <laughs> I go for I go for me, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I think that's a really good point because also um, what Lorna talked about was when you look at the most toxic relationships, they start so often with someone like a sociopath or a psychopath or a narcissist who has like they have more experience at dating they have more uh they're smoother they're better presented they know how to present an image but what happens is it becomes perfect at the beginning because they know what dream you're kind of they listen and they'll present and project the kind of um dream that you want and they'll project that future um but they can't live up to it and so the reality like that ends up being the nightmare so the perfect start becomes the nightmare. Whereas um, when you're just very genuine and honest with each other, um, what's going to happen? And yes, there is, a, there is a risk because our society is that we generally aren't that open and we aren't that vulnerable. And there's also a risk of um, someone playing you, as in that way. What happens if you're um, fake at the start is that you get into a relationship um, and sooner or later the reality comes out. Um, and if you're not what you presented as, or if they're not as what they presented as, then the relationship doesn't work. So really the dating process is getting to the truth of would we work as a couple um, and getting to the truth of who are you really? Um, Janos, did you want to talk on, on this point or related? Uh, yeah, actually, when you say this, it came something to my mind, which I realize so often people do something in order to get the other person. So like they're going to the gym, they're dressing up, as you said, they are really want to get it. And when they get it, they actually give up in this task they never really do it anymore because they feel they get it. And that's where it's failing because the person get attracted for that. Sometimes we forget to spend times for ourselves. We have to learn to say no for the things. If that goes in our own appreciation, time to spend with yourself, what's happening, you actually you become change and you will hate yourself. What's happening, you actually let your partner feel that. And what's happening then, they, they leave you. And that's usually the loop, what people keep continuously doing. They keep continuously running. I think Simon Sinek really nicely described that. Which one is the best? If you wash once a month for one hour your teeth or every single night for two seconds? In the end of the day, the compound effect will bring better results if you do consistently every single day, whatever. Because that's the key factor in the life. Shit will be always there. The question, can you move out from it? That's all about, in my perspective. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, you know, when, you, when you're meeting somebody um, and you're, you're looking for a potential partner, you're you present your best self, you know, you go 
you know, you, you make yourself up, you know, you, you, you want to present yourself as, um, attractive and desirable and interesting. So you, you offer all these, you know, things about yourself. Um, and that isn't actually how you are like day to day. I mean, there may be real, you know, you might have done lots of exciting things and you might have, um, you know, lots of interesting things to say, but, but day to day, you know, that's, that's hard to maintain. So does that mean that you're being unauthentic or, I mean, I know there's a difference if you're, if you're saying I've done this thing and I haven't, or I've got this job and you haven't, that's obviously blatant lying. But, you know, when you're presenting the best version of you, which is what we all do, um, that that's, you know, um, it's just that's not how you are day to day, is it? And that's the tricky thing, isn't it? Because the other person is doing the same. Um, and, and I suppose you do you do just have to take that risk. Um, and if you you like them, you like them and then you, you know, you have a relationship and then perhaps, you know, that's when you when you discover when you learn about them and they learn about you and you can kind of work out who they really are. Um, it's just um, it's just hard to, to you know, to. Um, you know, present yourself in a um, in a true um, way. I don't. I don't really know what I'm trying to say. I'm probably just rambling, but I don't know. It makes, no, it makes sense. sense. I, it. <laughs> it makes sense. As in, I'm not going to go. Um, you know, in dirty tracksuit bottoms and um, you know, stained t-shirt. Um, yeah. On a date, um, I, I'm also equally not going to tell people that. Um, you know, all my worst habits and um, all the worst parts about me, um, which some people do, and and they think that's authentic. They say, "No, I'm just going to be myself." And I go, "Well, you know, like it matters what what pictures you put up. It is because it's really when you look at it, it's like um, if you're advertising a product." Um, or the trailer for a film, you don't pick out the most boring parts. Um, so, but you show this film in three minutes. So what you're going to do is you're going to really try and get the essence of the film. Um, and so for you, you want to get, give the essence of you, but the early date, um, nobody's going to get enough of you um, from a first date to know, um, well, I mean, they may get like, no, definitely no. Um, um, but no, you're never going to get a definite yes because in the same way that you can see a trailer for a film, um, and you go, Oh yeah, that, that, that looks just my kind of film. And you go and watch it. And there was nothing else other than those clips. Um, but generally, a trailer for a film gives you an idea because it's like the kind of essence. So I think it's much the same that you, you, you give someone a taste of you, but a lot of that depends on your, on your self-awareness of knowing yourself and knowing what you are because 
I think a lot of us are kind of in our own heads. We, we live through our own heads. We, we never, most people hate their own voice when they hear it outside of themselves because we don't hear our own voice when we're normally talking. But um, we hear everyone else from externally, but we hear ourselves internally. And it's the same kind of thing um, that without having enough objectiveness of who we are, um, we can't really give someone a, a true essence. So I think it's it's kind of giving the polished, shortened version um, and then the early dating um, relationship is about unravelling and going in a little bit more depth. So it's enough for someone to get an idea. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I can't remember who was next. Was it Kay or was it Veronique? I let the others go first, Rob. Okay, uh, Veronique? Yes, I mean, <clears throat> what you were saying earlier, I mean, I've had two relationships. Um, so the dating, at, at, the, at the beginning of the dating, I mean, I, I, I could see that the personality that they showed me was kind of true. One uh, even took a long time to, you know, to get together, and it was a beautiful um, introduction to the dating. But it was um, like just after a little while, we were together and then I saw his other psychological defects. So part of his personality was quite true during the first dating. And then after that, I found out that he was kind of completely different. Uh, the second one was also the same. And, um, and the, the, the relationship was like a horror movie. And so many years later, you know, like I, I've been searching and searching, why did I go through such experiences? And it, it came to the conclusion is that whatever experience we get, whether it's through a dating, through a relationship, whichever relationship is well or work, is really what we need to learn or to adjust to, or, or like you say, about discovering each other. So, I mean, is it like fate? Yeah, I think so, because if I didn't need that to learn something, I wouldn't have attracted it, because now I'm quite definite that I've changed, and so I won't attract this anymore, even though I am a little bit afraid that I might. But so, so for me, the realization is that whatever we have or we create is because there's a point to it, and it's quite unique to everybody. So that's my, my realization from, from because they were very much, I mean, even today, I mean, one of them now, we, we kind of talk, we like the few things that came up recently was to highlight something that was missing from my learning. And then we, we completely merged into understanding and letting go of everything that was nasty, including the relationship, which doesn't exist. But so, so at every stage of my life, I feel that, that that's what's been happening. So the horrific things before were because I, I called out for it or, or something from the past, you know, that's it. So that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I was thinking about what Lorna was saying. Wouldn't it be so lovely if we could all kind of meet in a very natural way over the freezers in Tesco or over a sack of potatoes? You know, the more natural way is nicer. Um, and then through friendship as well, when you develop a friendship um, and then you, you end up dating, it's, it's far more natural and it's nicer. And um, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I would say it's it's the 21st century, and I think it's it's just really hard for to date this way through um, internet dating. You know, it's just so unnatural. But uh, that is the way things are are moving, and it's I don't know. Maybe things will get better. Maybe they won't. But somehow we've we've got to try and somehow get used to it. Really, I suppose. Um, thank you for that. Um, supermarkets did did for a while. Um, have like singles hour, didn't they? they used to, they, I can't remember which, I think it was Asda. Um, but they used okay. to have, yeah, they used to have singles. <laughs> I didn't know, singles. I would have gone. <laughs> Sorry? I would have gone if I'd known. I didn't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, okay. So what, the point I really wanted to get at is that we're a species that, we, you know, we've been around, humans in our current form have been around 200,000 years. Um, we've been hooking up, we've been managed to reproduce. Um, so it's natural. Um, like, there's an, a natural, um, there's nothing more natural than one human connecting to another. But what's complicated is as society has become more and more complex, um, we think that there's a ritual um, and we've created a story and I've often talked about, we have a medieval mindset about relationships. And so what happens is there becomes distrust and people feel that there's a game that they need to play. And so all these books and YouTube videos and stuff come up and, and it's like, if you don't know the red flags, you're going to get hurt. If you don't know this behaviors, you're going to miss out and everyone else is there. And there's this sense that you're competing against thousands of others um, on a dating site, which to some extent there is. But the other side of it is from what most people want from dating, which is a connection with one other person, there's thousands of other, like there's literally millions of single people, millions of single people that you have access to um, from technology. But the problem is that in a more complicated society, we have like, we're all, all of us have emotions, we have hopes and fears. And, but what we then do is we mask, we have this social mask that we project. And so we go to work and we might be feeling like shit and everything might be going wrong and we might be doubting ourselves and awake in the night with anxiety and all this stuff. But we don't go to work and say it. We put, we say, oh yeah, I'm fine. Everything's fine. So there's this social mask that we project through. And this social mask makes us think we're not good enough. It makes us think. And so this is where like all these YouTube videos and books stem from that we have to have the rules. We have to have this. But what does that create? What kind of a relationship are you going to create if you only reply after three days? If you... Um, have to have this way of that you're going to walk into a bar and in a certain way that if you're going to um, like interact through this particular style. What everyone talked about last week as the problems in dating was these layers of artifice where people just aren't honest about what they want, about who they are, or... Um, and so 
where there's lack of honesty, there's distrust. Where there's distrust, um, it creates a, a more toxic environment. A relationship that starts artificially, um, at some point, that arti- the artificial nature of it has to has to stop. Um, that's either the point of reality, um, or it's the point where, like, someone has to get real. Um, and you, you, until both of you get real, you don't really know if the relationship will work. So there's an image that we're presenting, and then there's insecurity. And in that gap is the lack of integrity, the lack of vulnerability, the lack of presence, and the lack of kindness. And so because there's so much distrust and because people have so much anxiety generally about relationships, like there's this general fear that I'm going to end up on my own. And that anxiety makes people feel that they need to be a different, um, act in a different way. Um, They feel that they need to be better. Um, And it also creates an anxiety like of over-investing in someone before you really get to know them. Really, I think there's layers to a relationship of first, can we have fun? Like, and I think that's really what a first date is. Can we, can we just be together and have fun together? After that, it's about, do we care about each other? Like, are there emotions? Like, do, does it go into any depth? And then it becomes more of a domestic relationship of, do we work together? Can we function as a team? When you say the anxiety, it came one question in my mind. Do you think that's anxiety or just simply we cannot live with our own self? We cannot even stand with our own self for more than one hour because people like to be busy in order to not listen to their body, their own thoughts. They're running away from their own thoughts, the people. They can't control it. So what they do instead, they try to run away and they're afraid somebody will know that. That's what I see in the last few years when I talk with the people. Everybody worry about their own thoughts and they can't live with themselves. I used to say that. Now these days I can do three, five hours meditation if it's required. And I can be okay with myself. I'm happy with myself. Yeah, I, I definitely think, um, yeah, I definitely think a lot of people, I think it's mostly extroverts um, that really struggle to be alone. I think there's introverts that can be alone, but have an anxiety. They, I mean, there's definitely like the being alone for a weekend, but I think there's a, a more general, I think we have uh, talked about, I think we have three real challenges to, find a way to succeed or fr- uh, or survive, um, to find a way of belong and be loved and find uh, meaning that we mattered. And I think the survival or success m- makes us feel that we're going to end up um, destitute. The belonging makes us feel like we're going to be alone. Um, and then the... Um, 
just a general fear of that our life didn't matter. So yeah, um, there is a, a general feeling that we need others um, and a feeling that that alone we're not enough. Um, and that can can cause, there's so many people that get into a relationship, any relationship, because it's better to be with someone than be alone. Um, and you have to st- stand strong on your own feet before... Sorry. I was just going to say quickly, there is a, a large distinction that I've made recently between uh, running away from loneliness or running towards somebody. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, Veronique, you had your hand up and then uh, Sevilla. Yes, as you were talking, Rob, it just came to my mind what happened also with those two men, the dating. I mean, I was desperate for something. The first one, I was looking to, for a dad for my daughter because I didn't believe that one parent is good enough for a child to, to, to experience fullness and wholeness. So that is what I attracted to show me that really, if I, if I demand something of a relationship, see what you're going to get. And the second one, it was uh, that it's this experience where I decided, no, now I'm going to look for somebody for me. But I didn't love myself. I didn't know myself. And so, therefore, I attracted somebody to show me this kind of thing. So, what you're saying is so true. You know, we have all these um, um, things about dating, but also is is what we really desire. If it's not in alignment, well, we're only going to get what what we what we're really trying to get, but maybe not in the way that we're going to want it. So that's it. Thank you. Hey, I just wanted to touch up on those two, the three points you mentioned about being able to have fun together and then caring about each other and do we work together? I feel like for the first two points, typically in relationships that works, you're able to have fun with someone and you're able to care about each other. But for me, I think it's the third point where I struggle is do we work together over a period of time? Because people have different core values and people have different ideas of how life is going to be but it's very unfortunate that in today's society when you meet someone that's not the first conversation you have like what are your long-term goals what's your idea of life what your core values are by the time you learn that you and your partner learn and you discover that you're maybe not on the same path and you're stepping on toes you've wasted so much of your time Mm. I just feel like that's a pity yeah yeah the, the, the more honest conversations we can have um the yeah the the quicker see I I really think dating is really about not trying to make it work not trying to be some like the behaviors that will make someone interested but just being yourself and seeing if it works um yeah and you can't do that um when there's artificiality thank you uh, Sawin, I hope I'm saying your name right. Yes, hi everyone. Can you hear me well? Yes. Yeah, okay. So I think, um, so in my situation, it's very complicated because uh, it's all about experience as well. Um, I come from a different culture. Although I was raised in Germany, um, I was kind of trained from when I was very young to just become a wife. So um, I had no boyfriend or any physical contact to anyone up until I was married. So that might sound a bit too private, but just for you to understand mm. how it is for some other people. So 
me personally, I had an arranged marriage and I had no prior relationship experience or any contact with any man, like physical contact. So I experienced all of that after I was married. And um, I was married for 10 years, um, taken into consideration that I saw my ex-husband only two times before my marriage. Um, so now, um, so I, I got divorced in 2018 and I feel like I'm still... I'm still looking for a marriage, still looking for that, because now at 31, it's very difficult to just go out there and um, just to be somebody else. Um, that for me is a big struggle. And so it's not about, oftentimes when people see me outside, they don't have problems approaching me or, or attracting men. It's not difficult, but finding that person on the same level or understanding what, what kind of experience I had, um, which is not necessarily a bad experience. So I'm just more the person, I, I, I don't know how to date. I'm not, I don't have that experience, but I know other things. For example, what marriage is about, what family is about. And um, so that might add some, some positives to a relationship as well. But finding that balance is sometimes very difficult. Okay, can I can I just um, ask you a little bit more detail about what do you feel sure. that you you don't know about dating that you need to know? Um, so, for example, I find it very very hard to uh, to be uh, intimate after a couple of dates, just because I. Um, I, I didn't have that experience. I, my mind doesn't work like that. So from when I was very young, I was always told you you need to stay a virgin until you get married. And I and, and now doing these hookups or because it, it it is what it is. I mean, out there, if you meet different people, especially young younger men, it's very difficult because they do want to be in intimate with you after this second date and so I always ask the question what what are you actually looking for if it's if they are looking for something more serious then fine so but then I will prefer the friendship and getting to know them first and, and like someone else mentioned before oftentimes that's where it stops and people are not really taking the time to get to know each other and really having that connection with someone and oftentimes when you end up sleeping with them or you have a hookup or whatever, then it, it is just that it doesn't really develop from there. Mm. So there's a, there's a conflict. Okay. Um, so this, um, whether it's this particular aspect or whether it's something else, but the same kind of dynamic, I think it is the confusion that people have about dating because dating should be you connect with someone else um, and however is most natural and however works. So you get to decide um, what you feel comfortable with. So I think you've got from two sides. So first I would say that there is a cultural, I would call probably call it dogma that they say that the dogma or doctrine that, this is how it should be. So for me, um, that's not necessarily um, true to you. Um, and then from the other side, you've got a an equal dogma or, or doctrine of, no, this is natural that we hook up. So I think it's about what's really true to you. If you want to, like which which do you believe? regardless of what other people have told you, 
what do you believe? And I think you get to decide how the relationship evolves because you get to decide the, the ground rules um, because a relationship is between you and someone else. And I think w we grow up with, um, so religion or a culture or parents or something will tell us and, and install their values, but it may not be like as an adult, what we have to then do is decide, do we agree or do we, or do we not? Um, and equally, uh, the culture, like you change a culture and you move to a different culture, they've equally got their own rules. Now, someone telling you, um, oh, it's cultural. Well, it's up to you. You, you get to decide. Um, and so I think this is one of the misconceptions that everyone thinks that there are rules and there aren't. It's, it's, it's a natural process of you connect and you between like a relationship Every relationship should be unique because we're all unique. And the a relationship is really the space between two people. Um, and that space is unique because even you having a relationship with someone else is going to be a different relationship. There's a different dynamic because that you're feeding off different qualities. So it's really, for me, um, dating and relationships aren't really about what you learn. It's about what have I been taught that isn't really me? What do I disagree with? What am I doing? Because I think this is the way it has to be. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's what where a lot of people find dating harder um, than it necessarily has to be. Um, I forgot who was next. Is uh, Ali's got a ha hand up? Uh, yeah, give me a second. I'll put my video on. Uh, yeah. Can everyone hear me? We can. Yeah, I'm trying to put my volume up because I've just taken my headphones off. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to go a little bit left field here and just say this. Um, I mean, I've started, like, going to the gym and stuff and, like, working out and doing all that kind of thing just to make myself, like, feel even better for myself. But the irony is today, to give an example of, like, um, speaking to people, um, I knew the personal trainer. We went on the cross trainer. There was four of us. And when I'd left the gym, I just basically said, oh, um, did you enjoy this gym session? How was your day? Uh, all the best. And I'll see you. I'll see you uh, when I see you. So there's even that small, there's even that small um, um, amount of like conversation, to be honest. And I really, you know, at the end of the day, it was good just to kind of get a workout. But again, with regards to this, this is going to sound a bit left field. I just think it's wonderful to have somebody to talk to. I know this, this sounds like very, very left field. We speak a lot about loneliness, going deeper about loneliness. I mean, I feel lonely, but I have the strength to admit that, that I can, I can feel lonely. There's a lot of people out there that say, okay, I feel lonely, not going to admit it. So I can actually be honest and an open book and say, okay, I do feel lonely. I'm out a lot meeting different people, going to the gym. But the irony is, okay, again, going left field, then I'll, I'll, I'll keep quiet. I'm just, for me, everyone's looking for something different, right? I'm just looking for somebody to talk to. That's it. That's really it. That's what I'm going to say. Thank you. No, I think that's that's perfect. I think that's really what it's about. It's about can, if we connect to people and we can connect um, openly and honestly, um, 
sooner or later, one of those people is someone that we want to go deeper with. Um, yeah, I think that's that's really the process. Uh, Sabila. I was just going to say that I agree with Ali. I feel like for me, it's about the little things and it's about being able to come home to someone because everyone I work with in work have partners and they've built like an empire together, whether that be a house or a family life. And I always feel like a misfit in that environment. So I feel like I definitely agree with Ali on that. It's about the little things, just sharing life, sharing a Netflix show together, etc. Now, if we move on to talking about like what would be an ideal start, I think really what we're um, the process really is we need to we need to be able to encapsulate enough of ourselves, like the true essence of ourselves, in a way that we can get attention. So this is it is going to be your best photos because it's genuine um but it's it's like obviously everyone understands when you're dating or that that you is the most polished version which is like the trailer of a film um and it's really so i think really you're like your profile should really be about something i care about so it gives people a taste of who you are and then the next thing is about connections. So either you you come along and you see someone else's, and if you see what they care about, um, but or you send a message or they send a message, and it should really be about connection and something that we care about, because it's the commonality of what you care about, what um, they care about, which the space in between is where the connection is. Is what are you both interested? What do you share? Um, and we all share something, um, which is like humanity. And then the people that we share most with are the people that we're most, um, we feel most affinity for. And then the early start to dating is really about curiosity and interest. It's understanding someone um, and just going a little bit deeper of what makes you tick. Um what do you like? Why do you like that? And all of those kind of things that help you understand. So if the like the dating profile is the essence, it's really understanding the recipe, understanding the structure of that essence. And then if that does develop, then it's really into a more domestic relationship, which is about having care and concern, which is like uh, Sabila talked about, about being partners um and then from there it's really about evolving together and i really like what veronique said um about alignment because i think all of it you know I, i've looked at what a relationship's really about and what are is conflict really about and areas that i've um, been interested in and happiness what is happiness really about and it's really about alignment happiness is really about aligning with the reality of life relationships are about aligning with someone else um, and um, conflict is about getting the essence of what someone wants what you want what they want 
and um, developing, evolving a um, your understanding, your awareness, um, and so that you can align. Carl. Yeah, that was all really solid advice, and I appreciate it. Um, I just wanted to kind of throw in a different dimension, which may or may not be useful, and that is that sometimes, regardless of uh, how bad it is on paper, there's just this incredible chemistry with somebody, and this uh, it, it goes beyond words. And sometimes, you know, you might not even get on as friends or, like, uh, uh, have a shared way of being in the world or, you know, even the way you talk or your uh, socioeconomic background, you know, like how much money you came from or where you were born in the world. But there's this kind of extra factor that can make something exciting and almost uh, uh, electrical. And that can sometimes go beyond the standard, sensible, logical protocols. I will just say, though, to counter that, that some of these things don't always last, but um, there is that extra je ne sais quoi. Thank you. Um, that, that really brings me to a point. And um, when I was talking to Saren, um, like um, in response to her, to her thing, it may have seemed, um, when I say it was, it was dogma, um, it was really something that I talked about um, some time ago. That I, uh, um, There is this kind of path from who we are naturally, like who we are born, who would we be? free of the culture that we were brought in, free of the experiences and free of the observations that we've made. So like you often get people will struggle in relationships because they've had bad relationships. You'll get people who struggle in relationships because their early experiences mean that they have a um, um, anxious or avoidant attachment style, which then plays out in their relationships. So, um, the three things that sway us off are dogma, by which I mean where we're told something is right, which it may not be right for us. Um, and then the point that um, Carl made reminded me of that is emotionally, is sometimes we can get infatuated with someone and we can have this great lust and excitement which can make us um, fall deeply for someone who isn't right for us. Um, and while all those chemicals and while that is kind of like our, our biases are going to sway us off course um, and so lust and chemistry can sway us um, and then the other one is um, what we don't know. When we're early in relationships and even later in relationships, something that we haven't come across, we might not know that doesn't work for us. Um, and so we can be with the wrong person because in some way someone's told us, like the, the what I would call dogma, in some way someone's told us something is right. In some way our emotions um, or hormones um, lead us astray or um, what we just don't know about ourselves. Um, yeah. Um, 
Okay, so I think it might be a good point if we broke off into um, smaller groups so that we're able to discuss how that how does that relate to you? How does that relate to your dating journey? Um, what can you use from that? Um, um, and what of your, like how will your experience inform that? The part that I didn't, I forgot to say, was really about, I think one of the structure of um, the dynamic of social media, not social media, the dynamic of dating apps is that dating apps are, particularly the popular ones, are mass consumer products. Um, and when you sell something um, like a mass con consumer product, you have to sell a dream or you have to sell the hope of, um, you have to appeal to what people really want. And what people really want is a dream, is the dream that they're going to meet the one um, and this one person is going to magically make everything work. Um, and the disappointment that people have is when that dream doesn't come true because in the end it becomes dis it becomes disappointing. Um, and the problem is that everyone's been sold the dream. And so people kind of walk along as if, and, it, and it's kind of presented on a dating app that people are there for you to kind of pick out and add to your cart. And so what happens is people have a list, a shopping list of what they want. And that shopping list, and so the person on the other end feels like a product being bought and sold. It feels commoditized. So what we're looking at is dating sites and dating apps are the best way of connecting. It's the best access to connect to someone. But if you can use it differently, then... Um, and if you have a process that works for a, a deeper relationship, then um, you can use that, whether it's a dating app or whether it's someone that you meet outside. So um, I'm interested to hear uh, what discussions that you had of, of how, how the dating process could be smoother um, and work better for you. Does anyone have any interesting ideas? If people weren't dating more than one person at the same time, Rob, that would be helpful. Yeah, I totally agree with uh, Kay there. You should, the apps should be designed so that when you connect with somebody that you're not, because they actually, <laughs> they'll say to you, oh, you just received a message. And then you go to look at your message, but before you can even get there, they've just shoved somebody else's profile in front saying, what about this person? What about that person? Because it's, it's designed to keep you single. That's the whole point of these apps. They're not designed to make you connect. They're just a business, a business that needs people on it. And it's not in their interest for you to be building meaningful relationships. It's about giving you the illusion of abundance of, of options. I don't believe on that. We're just not good as, when we got too many options, we're just not good to choosing. Because like uh, the thing what, is, what is, is that what if? no, the thing the thing is is that <laughs> there is always a human condition of grasping greener 
Okay. And the truth of the matter is, is that the grass isn't greener. The grass is greener where you water it, but it's not yeah. like the other side of the fence, right? Yeah. So that, that's what they're selling, though. The grass is greener concept. And uh, I think people need to change their behavior. And a lot of behavior does seem to center around, you know, you've got to date multiple people. So how do you build a genuine connection when you're sort of having three or four people that you're chatting to simultaneously? It just doesn't work for me, but... Um, I know that it's happening and I get everyone, everyone else knows it's happening who's been on a dating site. Sorry, I'll, I'll stop because I could talk forever on this subject. <laughs> no, it's, it's, um, it makes some, some good points. Um, Lorna. I was just going to say um, the difficulty is a lot of people on these sites, their preference is to date lots of people at the same time. Um you know, and that that makes it difficult for the people who, uh, you know, want to want to date people one at a time. Um, it's a real mixture of of people with different, um, you know, uh, needs and desires. Um, yeah, that's that's what makes it difficult. Mm. I, yeah, I I think it's really important that um, that you define the ground rules of what's right for you. Um, and how you're gonna, like, how your dating journey is gonna go. Well, I could say something. I feel that, um, for me personally, in my own journey, that the whole thing of app dating is really, for me, not really worth the time and the results that it's produced. And so I'm better, I feel, investing that time in improving myself and my life and meeting people through way of activity and getting out. Now, that's a luxury that not everybody can afford. I appreciate that. But for me, um, the better I feel about myself, the more confident, the more that I'm enjoying life, when somebody truly attractive does cross my path, I'm already in that zone of feeling good, feeling happy, and that's attractive by itself. So instead of feeling demoralised, uh, unpicked, or um, ghosted or all of these weird things that happen on these apps. I'm going to trade that for like investing in myself and then being not that I wasn't necessarily already, but being even more spontaneous and ready and fully confident that when I see or I'm attracted to somebody that I'm able to, you know, go to that um, confidently. So yeah, I have a different approach. Yeah, I really think this free key for me um, in designing a um, like dating journey. I think this real really free keys, and the first is really understanding yourself, which means understanding what you want, understanding what you need in a relationship. Um, people often talk about you know, like maybe getting into a relationship and that people don't come with a user manual. But what if you gave them one? What if you had that you knew, you know, there's talk about um, uh, the, the like the five love languages, but I think it's so much more in depth than that of the more aware that you, of who you are, how you work, and what you need, where you get to the point of acceptance of yourself. Like Carl talked about, 
um, that's the point where you really become attractive. Um, and Yanis talked about, um, really to paraphrase, not, not needing someone else, um, not needing the relationship. When you get to that point, it's the point where you can define dating on your own terms. And you can say, this is what I want. This is what I accept. This is, this is like, um, and so when you know that clearly enough in yourself, it's like you're able to express it. Um, and you can say, okay, this is how I date. Um, you know, like I date one person at a time and I would rather, like, I only want to date someone that's, um, ready to invest, um, and see what we can build. So I think the, so I think that's the first skill, real self-awareness, self-acceptance. And then the next skill is really about conversation. How do you have a really deep, meaningful conversation? Because so much of relationships is unsaid. And part of that comes from, we don't know ourselves to tell someone else. We are afraid of being honest. Um, and we, we've, to be honest, requires a level of emotional, um, stability, uh, foundation that you're able to be honest. Um, when people are people pleasing, when they feel that they're not good enough, when they haven't accepted themselves, that's when they don't tell the truth. Um, or when they're trying to get a result. So really having that deep self-knowledge and having the skills to have the conversations of really going deep and, and which also means the ability to really listen, to really care and understand about how someone else works so that you have their user map. And then later on, it's really about how do you deal with conflict? Because what happens in a lot of relationships is it all goes fine until there's conflict. And when there's conflict, people feel that there's no way back. Um, and because they don't know how to reconnect or realign, they're not able to um, get past the conflict. Um, whereas the like, really good couples, um, it's not that they have less conflict, but it's how that they deal with the conflict. And the conflict um, enlarges them and strengthens the relationship. We talk about a couple of times about how we feel as the humans if we're doing the good things. And like, as the human mind, it's built like that, to be feeling good because we're looking for that good feeling of hormones. But we just talk about that in a group. Sometimes we're not saying no. We keep saying yes. And what we do, we just actually be trading our self out and we not fulfill ourselves anymore, especially how the ladies are describe it. When you do it without thinking about, you just continuously saying yes, and you don't have any purpose behind the saying yes. You just want to do good things for the people. But is that actually always fulfill you? That should be the first question. If yes, go for it, because that's what you build your future, your life. 
But if you don't do, you're just basically pleasing people. You just basically put yourself in a backseat. And every single time you do that, you're just breaking down. You just put yourself behind everybody else. So, culturally, particularly women, are told, kind of given the role of nurturer, of looking after others. Um, but everyone that you say yes to, every, every yes that you say, you say no to something else, whether you're aware of it or not. Um, and having that real deep knowledge about yourself gives you, lets you know what your purpose is and what you should say yes to and what you should say no to. Um, and then there's something else um, in, in what you were saying, Yana. So I think it was kind of relating to, or, or I'm not sure if you overtly meant it, but it's the more you look after yourself, the more we've talked about above the line and below the line, above the line being at your best, below the line at your worst, um, the more like you you don't naturally um, live above the line. You have to work at that. You have to know who you are and you have to, you have to focus your energies and attention on that. Um, but when, but you are different when you do that and you become more attractive and you become in a sense, like to use the word more valuable. One more thing, Kim, when you say that user manual, you know, it actually came to my mind once we had the trainings where they actually give for the Legos for one team to see how to make that helicopters. And they give for other groups without user manuals to do something from it. And guess what's happened? The first group who had the user manual, they spent the double amount of time to just to go for perfectly for that. And other group who didn't have any manuals, they went for it and they did it. And it was more successful. And that's as the humans, what we all the time do, we overthink it. We over, overthink it every single time in everything. I think it's anxiety that creates overthinking. Um, and yeah, I, I think there's a general anxiety um, about relationships. Definitely, there's anxiety, Rob. I mean, that's why people aren't committing and they're dating more than one person. Um, you know, I, I've tried to date guys, you know, even in their 60s and, they, and they're and they not committing, you know, it's like they don't want to be hurt again. They'd just rather have a bit of fun and then, right, then move on to the next one. And that's how they want to get through life, some of these older guys, I feel. I mean, Janos talked about the, the, the we don't deal well with choice. Um, Barry Schwartz talked about the paradox of choice of, yeah, humans just aren't, aren't very good at choosing. I think like the ideal is free, but when we have too much, um, it creates more anxiety and indecision. And when we look historically, when we were living in like a couple of hundred years ago, we were living in the village and there was only free people. Whereas now, you can have a hundred thousand people in your in your radius, um, and that becomes overwhelming because how do you choose the right person? 
um, and that does become disposable that someone, you know, is, is the most um, superficial of things that people are, are that put, putting people off. One of the, um, so arranged marriages actually um, perform better in, um, arranged marriages statistically do better in terms of marital satisfaction. Um, and part of that is because you've taken away the grass being greener. Um, you've committed, there's expectations, there's assumptions. It's kind of a bit like if you're thrown in a situation, then you you can cope with it. Like you, you make the best of it and you, you build from that. But when there's always the loop open that maybe it could be someone else, maybe there's another choice, um, that's when it becomes um, more stressful and it's harder to commit. Yeah, because people, what people do is they make judgments on everybody around them based on less than a second. With the abundance of those choices, of those options, they, um, they, 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 they're not going to commit. They're just going to always feel that there is that abundance out there. And that's what's wrong with modern day apps and dating generally. But some of us feel sometimes that we are not good enough. So we have a lot of self-doubt about our worth, our self-worth, and what we can contribute to any potential relationship um, that we may embark on. And so sometimes I think we have to look at ourselves and really start to appreciate who we are, what we have and what we have to offer. And um, as I said earlier, we may kiss a lot of frogs, but nonetheless, we might find somebody who wants to kiss us back. But um, having said that, uh, I also think that we need to approach dating, not just with this sense of foreboding, um, because really we're meeting a stranger. We don't know if we want to see them again. Um, we may get on, we may not get on, but at least we are out and about. We are meeting people. We are cementing in our, in our minds what we like and what we don't like, what we'll tolerate in someone. As Rob described, coming in your dirty training, um, what's it, tra track is? Uh, it's a no-no for many people and you strike that off the list. And so I think we have to, um, we have a lot of power in our hands. We have our strengths. We have our sense of self and what we can tolerate and what we, um, what we appreciate. And I think we just need to, be bold enough and use them to the best of our abilities and not be scared. Definitely. I think, I think I talked, I think there's so much pressure that we grow up and we're small and everything around us seems big and all the organizations seem big, but all of them, like the building blocks of our society is individuals. Um, and whoever we are, we have something, we have something that's valuable. Um, and 
there are people that will like us and there are people that won't. There are people that will love us and there's people that won't. And the more that we can get acceptance of ourselves, the more that we're able to be clear. So like the simplest thing, like we have so much technology. If you were really clear about who you want to in a relationship and you just asked everyone in your network, everyone on Facebook, I'm looking for someone about this age, someone of this personality, someone of this, in your network, there are people that wouldn't know people who would be kind of right. Um, and uh, Ali was talking about um, just talking to people. And if you do, without expectation, because once you get the expectation, then it kind of becomes more pressured and becomes more creepy and it's not um, that kind of conversation, but just naturally talking to everyone and just seeing who you connect with. I, I, I think dating works best on a dating app if you're human and you genuinely care about the other person, whether you care about them as in, like in romantic or not, just they're just another human person, another human being. If you can just treat them as that humanity and just connect on whatever level, and then you'll find there's people that you connect with like platonically, there's people maybe romantically, and then there's people that you'll have a deeper connection with. Um, but it's really... Where dating the, the problem with dating apps is they take the humanity out of dating, the, the humanity out of a human interaction. If you use them with humanity, um, everyone says, oh, men, men are just looking for sex now, or women are just looking for money. We all, we're, we're all a microcosm of the whole, and we all, there's universal needs. We all need to feel loved. We all want to feel valued, to be cared for, to care. Um, and if you can connect to enough people purely, then you'll like, that is the way that you can connect and go into something deeper. Uh, Sabila. I just wanted to go back and add my opinion on arranged marriages. Isn't it fair to say that an arranged marriage works more because there's lack of choice and there's a lot of pressure, especially if it's heavily dominated, when like culturally dominated, because sometimes a certain person will behave a certain way and it'll be justified because the culture supports that stance and then people are stuck. They don't have the option to separate and find somebody else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th I think that's really true. Um, so I, uh, when I studied psychology, I specialized in happiness. Um, and it was a time when positive psychology was, um, really booming. Um, and I remember watching, there was all these, um, there was programs on TV of this group of people were going into a town and they were going to show everyone how to be happy. And uh, so statistically, religious people are more happy or people who have some faith are more happy. People who play music are more happy. Um, and what they did was they tried to, um, they say, okay, people who have spiritual faith, let's, let's all get, people having a spiritual faith, people who play music and they got them like in a choir. Um, and 
for me, it's just, it's artificial. So they were getting everyone going, let's sing and be, are you happy? Um, I think what they missed was people who play music have a passion. People who have a passion that's organic are happy because they, they have an interest. People who have a faith um, have some way of looking at the world that works for them. But when we artificially put them put that in, it doesn't work. Um, and so one of the reasons I think arranged marriages work is because there is a cultural upbringing, there's a cultural values that all support that framework. Um, and so people, and so the couple grow up within that. There is pressure um, and there is, and sometimes it's it's difficult because it doesn't work and it's hard to get out of. Um, because you have a lot of pressure. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I think it works within the culture. Um, Janos. No, after all this, when we talk, it came something to my mind. And I think you spoke about that before, about when we feel something new, it's like new smell, new perfumes. You all the time feel it. And over the time, your brain, it's exciting. Over the time, your brain gets used to it. And literally, it's just eliminating that smell and you not feel it anymore. So you become immune for that. What made me realize, people doing the same with their values. They're not realizing it's there because they're having every single day. It's become a program. They just are they using they're not even thinking it's their values. I had once when somebody, I just said, look, you've been very kind. Well, you know, something different. And the person was, yeah, yeah, it's, that's, that's how I am. And I was like, didn't even take it as the compliment. Didn't felt it, the values behind. Not so many person can be that kind, you know, when it's touching the other person by words. And when we're just doing too often something, it's no more exciting for us, but that doesn't mean for others are not. We have to reconnect it again for that, why we started who we are, to remind ourselves. We only know ourselves because live, we live through our own skin. Um, and we, so that means that we don't, we don't necessarily understand other people because it's not how I feel. Therefore, um, other people might not feel like that. Um, and I think that's the thing about self-awareness and self-acceptance is that you have to kind of objectify yourself and stop identifying with everything you feel, everything you do, but understand that there's a separation, um, like separate from your behavior, separate from your values, separate from the framework that makes you you so that you're able to look at it in the same way that other people can, because you can't really value yourself or understand yourself while you're looking from a framework, while you're looking from something that you, you identify with so much. So it's, it's kind of recognizing that your personality is made up of um, different elements but when you can separate that you are not the personality and when you can separate from that, 
that's how you can understand how you are from someone else, like how you are from someone else's perception. Um, and it's also like different, um, trying on different clothes. Um, because sometimes everything that we've got has come from, um, from our culture, from our, our experiences. And we haven't experienced the contrast to know which is right for us. I think what you're saying, though, um, Rob, is that we need to take a look at ourselves from the viewpoint of our true essence, um, uh, as peeled away from the layers of influences that we have accrued over time. You know, the influence of parents, the influence of school, the influence of friends, all of those layers that have helped to define what we think of as our values, as being our values. And um, we, we just take them for granted. We don't question them. We don't look at them and examine them. Is this really what I think? Is this being true to myself? Do I, is this part of who I actually am or am I going along and playing along because this is what convention says. And if I don't, then I stand out like a sore thumb. You know, it's like in my family, if I talk to my, oh, when my dear aunt from Canada calls me and she says to me, Ed, my dear, you must do this and you must do that and you must do whatever. And, you know, and it's all we need. You need to pray and you need to pray and you need to pray. And I must be praying and praying and praying. And if I dare say to her, but I am not religious, I think she would have apoplexy immediately because how dare I? Um, say those words and blaspheming to her, you know, <laughs> even though she's a hypocrite when it comes to being really properly religious. But we would that's another conversation because that's the other part of the that conversation. People put onto you things that they say in the public domain that you ought to do and you ought to be, but they themselves are not. And so we struggle with these things and we get lost trying to fight and trying not to fight, trying to conform, trying to find a way to wriggle through without offending people. Me, at this stage of my life, if you're offended, that's your problem. I'm gone. I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> so that's that. Yeah, I think it's, it's um, people can so identify with, and particularly like, like tribal things like maybe religion or culture or something like that and they've never separated from it and so they impose it on other people uh, and when you look at the relationships that are best is relationships that are, are of freedom um, yeah and so we have to be aware of if we're not aware of our biases then we impose them on other people yeah um Talking about arranged marriages, which is what I did have as well a long time ago. So from my experience, um, you know, we're brought up to be committed and loyal. So we have that in our head. And then that's why, I mean, it, was, it wasn't me that it's my husband that decided he want to be in the marriage, but I would like to have, have sort of worked it out. But um, 
in general, yes, they do work. It's because, you know, we're brought up that we are going to be committed, we are going to be loyal, and we're going to make it work. And I think if people went into uh, that sort of mindset with, with dating and relationships that and I'm going to try and make it work and, and go in there with a more positive mindset and a more growth mindset, then I, I think it would be easier to have relationships. I think that's true. We, we, I mean, I don't know about everyone else, but certainly um, I find that in this society, we're, we're not learning these beautiful qualities of, of, of loyalty and, you know, from, from childhood. Or they, we haven't got the parents that show us the models, and if they, even if they can't teach us, we could see that. But uh, I, I feel that where I look around is a lot of broken, broken relationships right from childhood. So we, we don't have that... No, teaching or knowledge of what it is like to, to have. And because when we have that in our head, whatever is in our head is what we experience in life. So basically, basically it's all about the beliefs and and the, the thoughts that we have is what we manifest. So if we don't have this kind of training, then, and I think that's really missing in, in, this, uh, in this Western world, I think. Well, I, I, I won't talk about that because there's deficiencies obviously in, in other cultures. But, but just, just, just about this, this little thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I think we're, we're at a, a stage where relationships have never been before. Um, until about 50, 60 years ago, relationships were an, of economic survival. Um, and so we talked about there's long, uh, I think um, we talked on a previous one about people are living longer. Um, so relationships are longer, um, there's financial independence and there's greater expectation. But also in the Western world, we have a very individualistic culture. Um, and so that individualistic culture leads us to um, to be out for ourselves and to feel like it's kind of a consumer um, consumerist culture. Um, and so we bring that to dating. Bro, you know what makes me realize all these? We all expecting to be kind of outcome who we want to be, rather than realizing this is a process and will be an ongoing process forever, forever. But we all wanted the end results from it, rather than to be go enjoy it that little moment. It still remind me that be present and be in the moment. It's just really, honestly, it's a process. Enjoy that journey. Yeah, I, um, I really feel that that underlying anxiety makes people want to feel they've met the one. This is it. Happy ever after. Whereas relationships is one of the games that you always play. Um, fear, conflict, relationships. Um, and it's survival. These are all games that we have to play throughout life. Um, and so many of us want to op opt out because we want to feel like it's done, it's set. Okay. Um, thank you, everyone, for sharing. And I've got my dog in the background. He wants to go out. Um, so thank you, everyone, for, for sharing um and for your contributions um is there anything anyone wants to say um in closing or any insights or sharing anyone has 
Final thoughts? Yeah, Rob, it's just that we mustn't give up, you know, keep hope. And also it's like job interviews in a way, you know. You've got to experience a few you know, uh, before you find the right person. Um, definitely. I, I think there's a really good point there is that um, Helen Fisher made when everyone said, oh, but dating and relationships are different. And she said, no, they're not. She said that the environment's different, but people biologically can't evolve in that quickly. So the need for connection. The, the, so she talks about free drives, the need for sex, the need for romance, and the need for deep companionate. Um, and that's always there. And that's why it's a game that is always there for life, because biologically we're driven for that. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. Um, have a good week. Um, I hope to see you next week um, um, or whenever you can make. Cheers, Rob. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for organising. Thank you, Rob. Thank um, you. Thank you, Rob. Bye, everybody. Have a great evening. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.